0: Morning and morning, afternoon guys, good night guys. We're in la land over here in Florida. So today's class also is over the Shev and World and Inner Peace, Mishra we HaShem. We have about five or six books we're going to be addressing tonight. Strongly recommended books, Never Get Angry Again, David Lieberman, phenomenal book, 13 Habits Mentally Strong People Don't Do. We're going to take a great book called Wisdom, and a few other books from the etc., on how to deal with difficult people and difficult relationships. Believe it or not, this is one of the toughest things, obviously, to deal with people and, different, and deal with difficult relationships. It's something, God willing, that thank God that I'm very familiar on, and I've had a lot of advice from Rav Nachman. You're going to have a whole different approach tonight, because sometimes we think we're the only ones going through this. I'm the only one with a dysfunctional family. I'm the only one going through this problem. I'm the only one. This is, a, this is a very common thing that people say, I'm the only one going through this. How come I'm the only one? And, and you think the whole world is perfect. Rabbi Nachman tells us right away, get out of reality. Tells us the whole world is full of strife. Right away, he said this 250 years ago. He says the whole world, if you're Moroccan, Ashkenazi, wants a cold war, wants a uh, uh, re- resent war, it's, it, it doesn't matter what you are, who you are. The whole world is full of strife. There are conflicts between great powers, there's conflict between different localities, there's feuds between your family, there's discord between neighbors, there's frictions in between your household, between man and wife, between parents and children. Nobody is saved from this. I just want you to understand that you're perfectly normal. Don't think that something's wrong with you. Life is short, people die every day, the day passes, and it's never going to return again. The day passes and it will never be returned again. And every day, the de- death comes closer. But people still fight and never remember their goal in life. Right away, Reb Nachman's telling you, "Yes, it's going to happen to you. You're going to go through this. You're going to have a dysfunctional family, dysfunctional parenting." Welcome. I mean, if you if you literally wrote, come up, came up with a book that says, "I had a tough childhood," people would laugh at you. Obviously. Okay, who who did it? But the whole point is, what Rav telling us right away, before we get into the details, is don't spend all your energy on this. The days are going to pass. How much energy are we spending on, on these things all day long? How much toxic and all day long talking and absorbing and stealing energy and, and you have nothing else to do but to talk about this. So Rav is giving us a major reality shock right away. Expect it. Don't, don't make a big deal out of it. Everybody goes through this like a mask, you have to put it on, everybody goes to... It. It's, it's almost like you're going to have to go through this. And believe me, even if you want to become Switzerland, and you want to hang out with goats in Switzerland, your mother-in-law is going to move in with you. You can't be, you're not saved from this. That's what... Rav Nachman's message is, is giving us a reality check. He's not telling you, you, need to, you didn't find the right therapist, or you didn't... This. Yes, sometimes it is a matter of therapy... But sometimes it's just a matter of you're going to have to shift your focus elsewhere. I think that's really the key to Reb Don't major in minor things. It's a great line by Tony Robbins. Don't major in minor things. And you have to understand something, everything needs energy to live. And then he says here, all strife is identical. The friction between one family is a counterpart between the wars of the nations. Each person in the household has a completely different world power Personality. One guy's personality is anger. Another personality doesn't talk to you. Another one gives you emotional sabotage. Another one resents you. Another one screams at you. Everybody goes through this. And he tells us here, some want your anger, some want your blood, some want your money, whatever it is. You may wish to live in peace. You have no desire for fighting. You're still going to be forced into it. That's what Malcolm says. No matter what, just get into your mindset that this is something I have to accept. Remember, the beginning of any Yeshua in life is acceptance. Okay, you're right. This is not something... And he's saying clear. And I tell myself, listen, I'm teaching this stuff. How come... I, I'm trying to run for peace. And no matter what, there's, there's always strife. What's going on? Why is there always strife? And everybody's... We all, want to, we all want peace. But somehow we keep, on, we keep on getting dragged into it. Correct or not? The difference between one person and the other person is how long do you, do you stay in these things? One person stays in it for a, one person gets a membership in it. Another person stays in it, Doesn't make, it's not the big deal. He recognizes it's an issue, but his whole life is not an issue. So what happens? Okay, so, so tell me, better to be single, according to, so how do I deal with the in-laws and better be single, right? That, that's not going to save you either. He says, if you're single, a man living in isolation is going to become insane. So the war, if you're single, the war is not going to be with your family, it's going to be in your head. That's gonna be the war, it'll be in your head. So you can't, there's no, no place to be saved but to run into your creator. So I just wanted to give people a little reality check before we start the class, that don't expect, don't think something's wrong with you, how come I'm always fighting, I should have had better parenting. No, 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 some people just show it, some people suppress it, some people hide it, but believe me, what's going on between cl- closed doors, everybody's going through it. And believe me, what, what you would think that people are not going through it, believe me, I hear it all. And Rav says, a man is a miniature world. Everybody has an Iran in their family, everybody has a China in their family, everybody has every nation in their family, exists no matter what family So right away, what you have to focus on is not letting this become your whole life. Not letting this energy be run your whole life, and not giving so much energy away, which we're going to talk about. Yes, it's going to exist, cope with it. Even if you get married, a lot of people start, you know, all of a sudden they get engaged, they, they find this shit. all of a sudden they're, they're, they're arguing in a relationship. They didn't expect it. What happened to me before? But now expect it. Don't expect to go into a relationship and not have arguments. And there's a difference between saying there's a problem in the relationship, and the and the relationship is a problem. That's where the difference is. One identify that yes, everybody has issues in, in relationships, but don't say the relationship is a problem because then you're making things worse than they are. Okay. So the advantage to this, like Reb Nachman says, is. It's going to happen to you, this is why you have prayer. And the greatest thing about prayer and the greatest thing about mercy is we can choose people in our lives that if somehow we can be nice to them, we can get be in heaven, they'll be nice to us. So that's the reward. When you have very difficult people in your life, it's a great chance for you to have mercy on them. And as you have mercy on them, heaven opens up gates for you. So there's, there's, there's a lot of positivity too. It's not just saying, why, why do I have to live like this? This is not fair. Right? But heaven will give you a tremendous mercy, which we're going to talk about right there. So right away, get your expectations. Remember, everything's expectations in life. You know, a lot of people have expectations. I never thought marriage would be like this. I never thought my in-laws would be like this. Well, huh. start, appreci- start having more appreciations and less expectations. Because the m- what happens is, is when we go in with a lot of expectations in life, we're setting us up for nothing but resentment. You're setting up yourself for resentment, and you should never set up for yourself. The world doesn't owe you anything. Whatever you get, you get a nice mother-in-law, thank Hashem. You get a nice thank Hashem. But don't come with all these expectations and, and the baggage that we normally come with because of our ego. Then we just get left with you know, empty bags and stories and etc. So right away, whoever's single, whoever's about to get married, at least we, we prepped you a little bit uh, on reality. Because you, you can only get hit, hit with trauma if you're not expecting it. You understand? People don't expect these things to happen. And I, I think life sometimes doesn't teach us the lessons we need, to, we need to learn. And I myself was divorced. I got remarried. And there is wars. The wars are out there. It's different kind of wars. I'm very happy in my way. But there's, there's, no, there's no peace 100%. That's for sure. And it's not. And sometimes people say, it's greener on the other side. It's greener where you make it greener. That's where it's greener. Wherever you focus on the green, that's where the green will be for you. But it's not going to be greener just because you move to a different state or a different place. It's greener where you f- make it greener, which is a very big difference. I can make my relationship greener based on how I focus, or, or completely the opposite. It's not just greener. Then Rabbi says in Lesson 202, these are all very, very important concepts. Lesson 202, he says something absolutely very simple, but very, very deep. He says, the more limited a person's intellect, the more respect one needs to show him. This is because the more limited his intellect, the more he craves honor. Okay, so this issue here is a problem. So, there's some people that crave a lot of honor. And no matter how much they respect, they never get respected, right? There's people that always want more respect, what happens? They always say, I never get enough respect. Which is, the more respect you want from people the less you're going to get respect from your Creator. So you need to understand that that's the concept of kavod. Kavod is always wanting to be right. So the more, for example, if a person's in a a, a relationship, I want to be right, the more you want to be right, the more your Creator runs away from you. So there's a price for always wanting to be competitive and being right and being very strict. That's why our Sages say, we should always be flexible like a reed. Be very flexible, be a flexible person. Because when you're a flexible person, you're showing you're not running after God, you're not running after honor. because the reason why I'm running after honor in the first place is because my mindset is limited. And we always say this very simple. you know when a person has a small mind he has a big mouth. but when he has a, a big mind, he has a small mouth. and this connection is very connected. You shouldn't be the one looking for honor all the time. The more you run away from honor, the more honor comes to you. The more you look for honor, the more honor runs away from you. It's exactly the opposite. So sometimes we have to ask ourselves, what's the price for peace? And our sages say that the whole world is redeemed for a person who shuts his mouth in front of an argument. So you could see that, wow, you know, the price for shutting your mouth in an, in an argument, it's a pretty big see you know, The whole world is going to be redeemed for a guy who shuts his mouth. In, because that person doesn't want honor, he wants peace. So a person who runs after peace, he gets godly honor. And what does godly honor mean? You get a lot of mercy. You get the right break when you need it. You get the right relationship when you need it. You need health, you get your prayers answered. It's a big deal. It's a big deal because I really need godly honor. I don't need uh, validation from people. Do you understand? What's what's that to what do for me? So what happens? if so I go for a validation from people, and they don't validate me. What happens? My life is miserable? But the more we run away from that, the more godly, godly honor we get, and the more recognition we get in heaven, and that's really what humility is all about. Humility is, I'm looking for godly honor, I'll, I'll seek for peace at any price. I would rather have peace. And for some of us, this is very different, very difficult. But to recognize that if we're struggling in an area, we need to understand, am I looking for too much, too much respect and too much honor? If I'm trying to look for it too much, there's a good chance I'm not going to get it. A good chance I'm not going to get it. Opposite. I'm going to get the opposite. I'm going to get insulted. <coughs> I'm going to get insulted. Very hard to hear. It's a very strong concept. And some of us have a yeh to her with honor more than others. But you need to understand, of course, man has to give the honor, of course. But you have to recognize this, this, this can turn into a big problem. <laughs> because all of a sudden you're going to say, your mother doesn't respect me, your aunt doesn't respect me, your uncle doesn't respect me, This then uh, maybe there's a problem with the person. Nobody respects in the whole world and that's a problem. So we want to run away from that. The more we run away from that, the more he- grace we get in heaven, the more blessing we get in heaven, etc. So recognize there's a price, like we always say before, you could be in love or you can be right. Not both. Not both. You have to choose. Love, love, or kabod. And this is something that we have to recognize. Ask yourself, and the reason why we want kavod in the first place is because obviously we're lacking inside. You understand? Because the more I feel connected and the more I feel complete with Hashem and I have a good relationship, I'm going to run away from it. But the less I feel good about myself, I always need kavod from other people. You understand? So that you could see how that's really a reflection that, what do you care if somebody respects you or not? At the end of the day, it's... it's (laughs) You can't choose what, how the people treat. You know, you can choose how you respond to it. But you shouldn't run after it, and you should make it a big deal, etc. Okay? It's hard. This is not an easy thing, but just recognize the issue. And when you recognize the issue, you, you can solve a lot of problems like that. After. Questions after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait after. You got it? So recognize kavod, a lot of kavod, inner problem. Less kabod? Inner happiness. Very important. Because if you recognize that you don't need so much honor, then you could become a giver. You understand? I can't become a giver if I'm always needing respect from others. You understand? The more I respect, need, how can I give? I can't give because I'm all about me. I'm too, I'm too f- focused on me. And this is something that we just, have to ca- we just have to catch ourselves when we fall into this trap of, of too much honor, or if we're in a situation where we're getting into fights with a lot of people, then there's a problem. That means we're running after too much honor. And our sages say something very, very important. Our sages say if a person has many friends below, he has friends above. Friends below, friends above. But if he hasn't to too many friends below, because he's always fighting, in heaven also, there's there's not that many friends for you up, up in heaven. And guess what? You need more friends in heaven than you need below. So you need to understand there's always a spiritual mirror happening in heaven. According to how you are here, there's a spiritual he- mirror in heaven. So you have to ask yourself what the price is. It doesn't, ma- doesn't mean you should be a doormat and let people you know, jump over you and have no boundaries. That's not what we're saying. We're saying you don't have to always fight with people. Just because somebody says something doesn't mean you have to take it personal all the time. Taking it personal is a form of kavod. You, just, you went against my honor. But how can I, again, how can I prevent how people walk around and what people say to you, you can't prevent that. You can't, you really can't do that. You can't walk around living like that because then your, your self-esteem is based on people's relationships. And that's where we really, really, we really can fall into a very dark place where we lose our self-esteem and there comes addictions and there comes sabotage behavior, etc. Which we're going to talk about that. That's what you have to be very, very careful for. But many times people leak... People are in a relationship, their relationship goes bad, and you know what happens? Their self-esteem is affected. Right? Their self-esteem is affected. And what happens if their self-esteem is affected? Mm-hmm. Then they're going to walk around with baggage in the next relationship, and they're going to think something's wrong with me, because that person left me. That's where you have to be very, very careful with. Because all of a sudden, you could have, you could have, you could have had a toxic person who doesn't know how to treat somebody. But why does that make you less of a person? So people will be afraid to to go into a new relationship. That's, That's what we have to be very, very careful about. So remember, very, very important that Hashem doesn't want a person always fighting. It's not a good sign if you're always saying nobody respects you. There's a bigger problem. That means you're looking for too much respect. And obviously it's a paradox. The more you look for it, the less likely you're going to get it. Understand that concept. Great, co- great concept here from this another great book, Levi Yitzhak and Berditchov. Another phenomenal concept. And he's saying there's a special key in heaven that can trigger extra, extra shepha. Extra shepha means extra blessing in heaven. What can I do to, to really get that edge in heaven where I can all of a sudden get that, live, live a life of, where I get, I get lucky breaks in life. And he says something very beautiful. He's saying, the Koska Rebbe says, what purpose, a person has, what purpose does a person have on earth? And he's saying he, the purpose that he had is to lift heaven. What does it mean to lift heaven? Back to this concept that we spoke about before, that the world is created with an arousal from below. An arousal from below triggers an arousal from above. That means you smile below, they're smiling at you in heaven. You frown below, they're frowning at you in heaven. Pretty much we have a, a, a shadow. As David Amelie says, God is your shadow. <coughs> Pretty much, a shadow is a shadow. You smile, the shadow smiles. You don't smile, so it's very important to always catch yourself how you're holding. See, the problem today is not we know what to do. We know what to do, but the problem is lack of awareness. The lack of awareness to recognize why am I in this state? Why am I this? How come I spent you know the four, past four day, four hours, you know, focusing on something I didn't want? And we like we said today's class that first something happens to us, then it becomes our mood. Right, we get moody, and then that mood becomes our personality, and then our personality determines our personal reality. You get me? That's how it starts. First, something happens to you. Next thing you know, you don't, you just absorb negativity. Then you get into a bad mood, and that bad mood becomes your personality. And all of a sudden, when the guy says, "Oh, I have that personality," that's my personality. Then I'm going to look at the world like that. And that's what Reb says: You're going to get the thoughts you're going to get are based on your personality. A person who's very merciful looks at something and it gives a person the benefit of the doubt. But a person who's very angry is going to look at that same situation completely different. He's going to look for what? More gavura. Another person is going to say mercy. And you see such a difference. Remember, how did I get to the personality part? It's because <laughs> I was not aware that my thinking led to my mood. And my bad mood became my personality. And that's a problem. Because when my personality becomes something, it's very hard to change a personality. Once a person, that's his personality. <laughs> what happened to the guy? He just stopped, he stopped thinking? That's practically what happens. We, we, something happens in our life and we just, we never, we never change. And, and that's what, that's a problem. Because, like I said, if, you, if that's your personality, you're not going to, it's so much harder to break something. This is why our sages say first, your, your problems start as a spider web right easy a spider web it could be penetrated it could be fixed but then that spider web becomes a rope next thing you know your personality is, is pulling you here you understand first is a spider web it's easy to change this is very important you have to be careful what you repeat because whatever you repeat eventually you don't want to get in a rope today where somebody's pulling you where negativity pulls you that's where you have to recognize you have a bad habit something's bad right away or say just say change it because once it becomes a personality, it becomes a, a rope, it's very hard to change that situation. Because remember, whatever you repeat becomes permanent. And whatever permanent, unless you do something drastically... Once something is permanent, unless you do something completely drastically the other way, it's so much harder to change. So our job is to really have awareness. So back to, back, back to the, what he's saying here. This awakening from, from below triggers a mirror response from heaven which is called an awakening from above. As, says, as we said before, David Amalek says, God is your shadow. The Baal Shem Tov always taught this, that the way a person acts below, God creates a reciprocal effect above. This is the greatest thing about being a co-creator. There's no such thing as a, my day's gone, yes, I can have difficult days, but I can always do something to change my mazal. I'm not bound by my mazal. I'm not bound by a bad day. For example, let's say you have, you're having a really rough day. Couple hours. Three, four o'clock your day's like it looks like uh, it's just it's going completely the wrong direction which is it's gonna always happen to us. Three o'clock I could decide you know what I see where this day is going I need to change the vibe of the day, I need to change the energy. I can sit and I can call somebody and I could say you know what I'm gonna give you $300 for charity. All of a sudden I took that energy of that day and I flipped it to mercy because what did I do? I went and I gave $300 I created an arousal. You created something. You made a move. So upstairs, they changed the day from Gavura to mercy for you. So this is something in your hands all day long. Sometimes, and it always happens to me all the time, when I'm in a really bad mood, when I'm in a really, when a bad state, all of a sudden, you, I'll get like 10 phone calls from people. Organizations, I'm like, oh my God, now I don't want to talk to my, I don't want to talk to you or him, organization, but I said this person's really coming to save me. Because he sees that I'm in a bad state. So really, those people that, are, that I don't want to answer the phone, I'm completely moody, that's my savior! The phone call i got to pick up, because that phone call is saving me. You understand? You always It's funny how you get people to help you when you're in the worst state. When, the, when you're more likely to say, listen, not now. When you're saying not now, is when you need to do it. Because the reason why you're in that not-now not state is because you're focusing on something that you, you, your mind went to the wrong direction. You're angry, you're upset. Now is when you need the, the mercy. So God always sends you very organizations and this when the last, believe me, when you don't want to pick up the phone. And that's exactly when you need to put it. Why? Why is God doing that to you? You could say, uh, I'm in a great mood, I'm, everything's wonderful, Somebody asks you for Sadaqa, of course you're going to give it to them. It's not a, it stands, it's not a hard thing to give it. when you're in a good mood, when you're doing well, you make a business deal. Here you go, give charity. It's when you're in the worst mood, when you're in that Moroccan mindset, <laughs> last thing you want to do is give that charity. Or the last thing you want to be bothered. You don't want to be bothered. But remember, you, right that, at that moment, you're in constricted consciousness. You're not in, good, you're not in expanded consciousness because you wouldn't be in a bad mood. That's when you have to go and break your anger and turn it into mercy, which Reb Nachman says in Lesson 18. What is God? What's the one prayer that God prays every single day? Let my anger become mercy. Let me break my, cruel, my anger and, and, and turn it into mercy. So what we need to do is to exactly mirror creation and say, we have to break our anger. And turn it into mercy and it's funny because when you're angry how do you do you are venting out correct You're, you're you're angry you're gonna vent out you breathe in it's the opposite when you vent out basically this is called harod av. it's an anger when you breathe in you're holding back and you're merciful you're about to be upset at that person instead of venting out you breathe in what are you doing? You're transforming the anger into mercy. So this is something that you have to figure out a way when you're not in a good state to do something to get you out of that state. And usually your Creator will send you people somehow at the worst time in the worst moment. I believe, it happens to me all the time. And I don't get one. I get seven at the same time. <laughs> where I'm like, come on, you gotta give me a break. Okay, I, I'll do it, I'll do it. But it, But it's a favor. It's actually, it's a favor from heaven saving you. He's saving you because he sees where you could go in, the, in that mindset. He sees where you can go. He wants you to break that pattern and give you mercy. How? He can't just give it to you. You didn't earn it, right? He has to give you somebody to give it to them so you can get it. You see, your Creator is always helping you. But we don't see it when we're not in that good state. You understand? And it happens to me all the time. Sometimes I'm asking, people asking me for Shalom advice. I'm like, I don't even have Shalom by myself. How can I give you advice? But exactly, I need to give him advice so I can get the solution for my own Shalom Bayhid. Which is, you would say, how could you give somebody advice, something that you're struggling with? It's exactly that. What you need is you need the mercy. You don't need the data, you need the mercy. So this always happens to us. So what you need to understand is you have to be careful that your mood... You know, all of a sudden you close your phone, and those opportunities don't come, and then how are you going to get, you know, it's like almost being upset at the Uber, shutting off your phone, and then waiting for the Uber to come. Well, how, how are you going to help yourself? Who, who's going to pick you up if you have no phone? You understand? It's almost like sabotage. This is what we do. We, we shut the phone, the Uber's coming, where are you? I, I don't know. You shut the phone, well, you can't shut the phone off when you're in the worst state. You can't do things to sabotage your success when you're in the worst state. And this is what happens when we say, this person made me angry, that person made me this, this person made me that, etc. Usually that's the time that we have to give mercy to that person. Easier said than done. I'm not telling you that this is easy. I'm telling you, I'm giving you the information, and now you have to process the information. This is not an easy thing. This takes a lot of processing. You know, every idea that we get, that we're giving you, it's almost like a pregnancy. First, you have to take the idea, Think about it, and then the idea becomes little by little internal, internal into your mind, and then it, you give birth to the idea. People sometimes are very upset because they don't get the ideas right away. You're not going to get them right away. You get them, you understand the concepts, and then this is why we repeat a lot, because we're reinforcing things over and over, because little by little that idea will become a, that'll become a concept, and then you can use that idea. Don't think you're going to get things right away like that. It's not that it was so. If it would be that easy, it wouldn't be. We would never have issues. So he's saying here because we're making that lower arousal, this triggers a tremendous amount of shefa. He's saying here that every mitzvah triggers shefa from above, but there's one thing that causes a shefa to come out in greater quantities, causes blessing to come down to a person with a little bit more quantity, more quantity than a normal thing. What is the big idea? What do I need to do to all of a sudden open up the keys in heaven? Believe me, we all need the keys in heaven. But there's one thing that causes a little bit of flow, a lot more flow, and that's called the 13 Measures of, r- of Rachamim, the 13 Attributes of, of Mercy. What that means is, this is a concept called the Tomah Devorah. This concept is a concept that you are a very merciful person, you are a very easily forgiving person, you're patient with people. Not only do you forgive them, but not only do you forgive them, but you forget you forget what they did. You let it go. When you start letting go down here, you know what happens in heaven? You they start letting go of the constraints of the shepherd and they start pouring down the shepherds here. But this is not easy because remember, who are you going against? You're going against your ultimate nature is to want revenge, is to be right, which is all the object of the ego. The ego just wants to get even. The soul wants Shefa from above, but the ego wants to get even. And this is where when a person starts transforming his self, or sages say, that it's harder to change one, personality, one trait of your personality than to learn the whole Shas. You understand how hard that is? That you have a personality trait that's dominant, it's harder to change the personality of one evil trait, sages say, than to learn the whole Talmud, which takes seven years. Just to show you how much the ego in the Yitzhakara is ingrained in ourselves. Just to show you the battle that you have. This is not something that you're going to go you know, listen to a two minute YouTube video how to change your personality. Um, it's not that easy. You have to beg your creator. You have to nullify yourself. You have to surrender. You have to put yourself like I don't exist. I don't even know who that person is. You have to lose your own number to change your personality traits. Do you understand? You have to lose your identity. That's how you change your... You almost have to pretend that that identity is holding everything on you. That's what Malcolm says. The only way to kill your... the the, the negative Midah that we all have is to literally surrender to to that Midah so much that you don't even exist. Like you don't even exist. Like somebody can insult you, you don't even exist. To get to that level, you have to do a lot of surrendering. But the the reward for the surrendering is it removes all the shadows that are blocking the sun from giving you blessing. So there's a big blessing from this. That means the more you surrender, the more God's light comes to you. Surrendering is not a weakness. It's the biggest strength. Because when you surrender, you're surrendering, you're getting rid of all the blockages and all the programs that are stopping the blessing from coming. That's what you're surrendering to. You're surrendering the slave that means the slave of taking things personal. Imagine you walked around; and you didn't take anything personal. How, how different your life would be! You'd be like you'd be in another world. You would never give energy away. You'd be accomplishing all the things. You write books. You'd be forget it. But because we are so prone to our our our, our 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 personalities, this is what happens. But one of the ways to really transform that, Reb Nachman says, and the Bal Shem Tov says, and Reb Levi Yitzit, is to connect yourself to the 13 Attributes of Mercy. That means every single situation that you look at is an opportunity for you to get mercy. Every difficult person, the more difficult they are, the more mercy you get. So the more difficult they are, the more merciful you get, the more mercy you get in that situation. So imagine forgiving somebody for really harming you. I never forget, I never forgot, seven years ago, I hired this couple, with five kids, and I hired them, I gave them, uh, gave them a job, I gave them parnassa, everything. But properties from them, super, super nice guy, and those people testified against me in my divorce case. Okay? Talk about the ultimate knife in the back, and I'm a Scorpio. Normally, if I wasn't religious, they you wouldn't hear from them anymore. The ultimate mercy. The ultimate mercy for you to do that to a Scorpio. Forget it. Forget not talking to you. I'm talking about killing the person. <laughs> and you know what I said? I was learning the 13 meters of Rachamim. I, mean, I really forgave him from my heart, and I got one of the biggest blessings in my life after that forgiveness. So I, the, that's when a person has to recognize what the rewards you get. You get a lot of rewards for this. It's very painful, but according to the pain is the reward. And people were telling me, You're crazy. How could you forgive them? Look what they did to you. What would another person say? Why would I give charity to these people anymore? You see, they're all phonies. You see, that's what the Yetzirah wants you to do. They're all phonies. You can't give them to them. What do you want me to do? Give it to the Save the Whales Foundation? What do you want me to give them money to? So so I I went against my nature. And because I went against my nature, I got a tremendous blessing. So you have to understand that this is something very, 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 very close to you, that people in your life are there for you to get tremendous mercy. It's only the way you look at it. You can look at a situation like that, or you can look at a situation, how did I get this lemon in my life? There's two <laughs> ways to look at the situation. One way is mercy. I'm not telling you to, to go look for toxic people. I'm not looking, telling you to do this. But I'm telling you, if it happens to be there, you might as well make the best out of it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And guess what? It's probably going to happen to you. So if it happens to you, make the best out of it. So talk, uh, talking about boundaries, obviously, what are we dealing, how do we deal with people who obviously there's too much, where the intensity is too, too much. So one of the issues that with the people have with boundaries is sometimes we're trying to cure the person or having a relationship with the person, and instead of trying to cure the person, all you have to do is really maximize that relationship. Sometimes we go into to try to cure people. You're not always going to cure people, and you need to understand that. So sometimes we get into relationships, trying. you have to put boundaries. Boundaries are very, very important, Boundaries, what it's called in Kabbalah, is called a tinsud. It's part of creation. A boundary is when there's too much light and you don't have that light for that situation. For example, let's say a guy comes, next thing you know, a guy comes from Uman, he's all excited about his, his spirituality. Next thing you know, he comes to his house and he says, You put on a wig, you don't dress anymore, don't go to the house anymore, stay here, stay. And he becomes a fanatic. Just because you have that light doesn't mean everybody else has that light. So you could see when you have too much light, and the people don't have a vessel for that light, not only do you not help them, but you break them. Many people become very, very spiritual, very religious, and then they force it on people too much. That person doesn't have a vessel right away, and it's forced down, not only does it not help that person, but it breaks that person. And that whole situation ends up becoming... It breaks! The whole situation was, the intentions were good, but not the way it was done. So we have to have a lot of patience. Why you have to have boundaries is because our sages are interested in slow growth, not something drastic. We're not into this fan, being a fanatic and, and pushing your thing on other people. You have to have a lot, specifically with your spouse, specifically with your family. 99% nobody's going to listen to you. If you tell your wife to be more religious, never listen to you. And the husband's not going to listen to her either. Or if you tell your people don't normally listen. They, they prefer people instructing, demonstrating instead of instructing. So it's very, very careful that you know, you tell somebody, you, you know, you should do this, you should be more happier. That's not obviously the way. So you can't, instru- one of the things that Ram says is you can't really instruct people, specifically your spouse, specifically criticism, you're not doing this enough, you're not doing that enough, you're not religious enough, you're not Jewish enough, and you know, whatever it is. Not only does it not work, but it works against you. The way you do it, Ram refers it to called the voice. He says, do focus more on praying for that person than actually telling that person everything. That means your, your 99% should be perspiration praying and 1% should be instruction. But today what happens? We do 99% instructing and 1% <laughs> prayer. So what would you get? Nothing, you get terrible results, of course. <laughs> of course you get terrible results because the, the formula is up. So Rabbi Nachman says, focus on the voice. Voice, you need a voice, you need prayer. You need prayer. Don't instruct because people are very sensitive and how, how they're saying, and if you don't do it the right way, it can create a, a very, very... Not only will you not help them, but you'll be the cause of them even doing worse in spirituality. And then you all of a sudden, the mitzvah becomes a, a God forbid, a sin. So that's very, very important. If you see somebody that you're trying to help, more praying, sending them positive vibes, than instructing. It doesn't work, believe me, been there, done, done that. Or demonstrating how happy you are. For example, if you tell somebody a spouse that doesn't keep Shabbat, and you're keeping Shabbat, you love it. So you, what is Shabbat doing? Making you happier, more calmer. But if you're using Shabbat to say, uh, look, what are do you doing? You gonna turn on the TV in my face? It, it's, not, it's not gonna work. Because the whole point is spiritual people are supposed to enlighten people, not shove their righteousness in your face. And this is where if it's not done the right way and if it's not done through prayer or if it's not done through positivity, it can go backwards. This is, this is a very constant message that Rabbi Nahum says is focusing on the good points of a person which is called a zamra. That's another tool he says. Azamra means I will sing, I will focus on the good points. Azamra means a point. Azamra, I will sing with the good that he has. So let's say we have a very difficult person in our lives. We can do two things. We could focus on what's right, or we can focus on what's wrong. And wherever energy goes, that's usually what you're going to get. So this is why it's a very important message. When you're dealing with a very difficult person, you have an option to look at all the things that are wrong, or all the things that are right. And this is why it's very, very deep what he's saying here. That if I send this person a positive vibe, I could be... The one in charge of him changing. Look what Rachlan says here. No, a person has to judge everybody favorably. Even somebody who's completely wicked. It is necessary to search with him and find the good in him. In that little good that he has. And by finding that good in him and judging him favorably, you elevate the guy. You elevate the guy. So imagine you come home, your spouse, etc., difficult person in your life, and you start all of a sudden sending that guy Positive or that girl, positive vibes. They will feel exactly what you send them. We've, said, we've seen definitely this on secular sources, but here's your source spiritually. The Torah is telling you by me finding the good tov. This is why breast love is all about nekudot tovot. Nekudot tovot is finding the good points in, each, in yourself and finding the good points in people. Chabad is loving everybody, breast love is loving the guy who, who bothers you. <laughs> <laughs> Loving the guy, finding the good in the guy who's in your face, <laughs> who, who you don't want to deal with when I can't love him. Finding the good points. I have to focus on the good points in every single person. And by me focusing on the good points in every single person, I can come and bring him to elevation. And he says this is exactly what we do when we make music. What do you do when you make music? You're taking the good point, extracting the good note from the bad note, you're elevating the, the notes. A musician takes the good from the bad. He elevates the notes. He extracts. It's the same thing you have to do with the people. You have to look at that person and you have to extract the good in them. Obviously, in order to do this, you have to find the good points in yourself. Because if I don't find the good points in myself, how can I love you? If I don't love me, I can't love you. So this is a zamra concept. When you have a difficult person in your life, You have to find the good points in Him. And when you do that, Heaven does the same thing to you. The whole point of this whole exercise here, is that you see that holding a grudge, hating people, does nothing but raise your blood temperature, kills your mood, and it puts you in despair. So we know that that doesn't work, guaranteed. (laughs) Guaranteed not working. But when you start giving, and you start changing the way you look at people, somehow you feel better. Where is that feeling coming from? It's coming because you're in a soul state. You're in a soul state. Again, not nobody's saying this is easy. We're just teaching you how to win. We're teaching you how to win, and we have to teach you also how much the ego is running our sh- our lives, and how much the resentment and all this is running our lives. Even this great book called 13 Things Mentally Strong People Do." She says one of the things mentally strong people don't do is they don't give away energy. Correct. They don't give away energy. Very, very important concept. Think about why we give away energy. Right? We give away energy because we take things personal. We let other people take away our energy. Correct? She drained me. She made me angry. She took everything from me. My husband ruined my life. My daughter ruined my life. It's not possible. You understand how to do this. Unless you take it personal. And the way somebody treats you is the way they feel about themselves. Just like somebody outside here will come and scream at you, you would say, somebody's screaming, (laughs) I don't know who the guy is. Your uncle could scream at you, you could say the same thing. Somebody's screaming. But because it's your uncle, we take it personal. You get me? But it's still somebody screaming at you. What does that have to do with me? What does that have to do with me? Nothing. So your creator rewards you for being humble. Humble means, if that person has the audacity to yell at me, I have to give him mercy because something's wrong with him. Why would he somebody come and scream at you? He needs a refor shaleima, not you! The guy screaming needs a refor shaleima. You understand? That's the guy that needs a refor shaleima. When you get into the superhuman state, not only do you not give away energy, but you pray for the person who insulted you. you imagine, that, imagine the energy level you could be at. But first you have to notice that if somebody treats you terrible, it's because they themselves are hurt, or they themselves are in a terrible position. Just like when we don't treat people nicely, it's because something's bothering us. Right? We don't just randomly go treat people terrible for no reason. We do that because we're holding on stress, to something else. Something else is bothering us, and we're just lashing it out at that person. We did absolutely nothing! Just like the girl who comes home, she, gets a wrong, she doesn't get into her college. she throws the thing at the dog. What did the dog do to the case? The dog didn't speak to her, but she throws the stick at the dog. What, is the dog going to go get, get, get take it personal? No, it's just, she threw it because she doesn't feel good. It's almost like the same thing. When you start noticing that, when you start noticing that, your relationships change. Because you'll be able to say, this has nothing to do with my self-esteem. And it's very, very difficult because what happens is sometimes life is going to show you the same lesson over and over again. And you're going to say, why, why would God do this to me? Why would God keep on showing me the same lesson over and over again? And it would appear that it would be a form of cruelty. Why would a creator of the world keep on doing this to me? Why would he put me in a, such a position all the time where I keep on getting in pain? It's because this is what you're holding inside. And you just, and, and this is what you're showing to the world. But when you, he wants you to be, to work on your self-esteem, because he recognizes that your self-esteem comes from greatness. It comes from your Creator. So when you're when you're not living in in, in, in trust and you're living in fear, then what happens? People have that ability to to God forbid abuse you and take your energy in and put you in situations. So really, you're not you're not living up to your potential. So your Creator will do whatever he can to get you to go back to your co-creator, creator. This is exactly how come we keep on getting the same lessons over and over and over and they keep on getting repeated and repeated and they would appear like, oh my God, where in the world is God? Where in the world is God? How could this constantly happening to me? It's because He wants you to change. If something wasn't so obvious, you wouldn't recognize it. So it has to be so obvious in your face the same thing happening three times, four times to you, in the same relationship, so you get so much sense, you know what? It happened already four times. Maybe it's not outside, maybe it's something that I'm, I'm inside. And it appears, again, it appears to be cruelty, and it appears to be your Creator's forgotten about you, and how would He do this to you? But it's opposite. It's actually love. It's actually love because He wants you to become the best version of you. And when you're not the best version of you, he purposely makes you fall. This is what we spoke about today. When a person is living a mediocre life, and he's living in a life where, where he's not really making any splash in heaven, he's making living a mediocre life. Your purposely, your creator will purposely make you fall, so you rise with a new, with a brand new attitude, and you become a brand new person. You could say this is an addiction today. You could say this is a a midlife crisis today. You could say this is a traumatic episode. It's so much craziness that it forces you to completely change everything where before you would have never changed it if it wasn't for this crazy situation in your life. But really, it happens to be mercy. But if we don't see it that way, then we become, unfortunately, not only do we not get that lesson, but the lesson keeps on happening over and over and over again. Where this seems always is obviously with self-esteem. That's where you should never lose your self-esteem if you had a broken relationship, if something happened, or failure. The worst thing you could do ever is have a failure, a, a, a broken relationship, and say, I am not good enough, that's why he left me, I'm not good enough, that's why she left me, they could have, I could have done this better, I, would, I, would, I, would, I could have prevented this. It happened. In heaven, it happens. Whatever happened, happens. Your job is not to focus on the mud. Your focus is to change it and grow from it. And if we have this mindset, this will save you a lot of time in therapy. It will save you a lot of time in therapy because your creator's showing you always, always, over and over and over again. Before I started public speaking, I had to, to work on taking things personal for four years. Four years I had to work on this because I said, imagine me public speaking, and next thing you know, I start taking, worrying about what people say about me. I'm done. There's no more speaking. One person, all one person has to say is, I don't like your classes, I'm not doing it anymore. You understand? I would be done. So, I, I, I got that lesson over and over and over again. Over and over again because my Creator wanted me to set me up for something bigger. And this is pretty much the same exact thing in your lives. One lesson is going to be patience. You have no patience. So, you keep, you keep on trying to, to, to take something before the right time. What happens? It keeps on failing, 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 failing. Another person could be, uh, unfortunately, t- not getting up fast enough after failure. Not being resilient enough. He's going to teach over and over that same lesson over and over. And the worst thing you could do, the worst thing you could do, again, is blame somebody else for that. Because blaming is the number one way to stay in a problem. If you want to get, you want a segula, everybody loves segula, right? Everybody loves uh, lucky segula. That's the number one segula. Blame somebody, it's the number one way to continue to be in the misery. That's a guaranteed segula. Everybody loves the lucky charms, the red eyes, the eyes, the Hamsa. This is a guaranteed segula the other way to stay in a problem. It's to blame a person for that issue. It's to recognize that that issue, because it, Hashem has to pick people. He's not going to pick angels to do it to you. He has to pick people. Because you don't talk to angels, you talk to people. So those people become the sticks, and the sticks, and the sticks, and the sticks. So you have to understand something, if you're getting the same issue, if you're attracting the same kind of people, if this keeps on happening again, please stop, rewind, watch the game film. Okay, I see, when I come, become too codependent, my relationships break. Why am I so codependent? Maybe I feel I'm not pretty enough, maybe I'm, I feel like I'm going to get abandoned. And every time I you like I'm get abandoned, people split up. So maybe I have an abandoned issue, so go, go work on that. You understand? And because that's always going to happen. And that's what a lot of trauma is about. Or if it's something where, you know, you're, you're, you're afraid that, you know, you know, imagine you go on a date, next thing you know, you don't get, the person doesn't answer back in 10 minutes, and you're in the worst mood. That's a problem. If somebody's not answering your phone call in 10 minutes, and that destroys your, your 20 minutes of peace, and you get into an anxiety attack over a 20 minute phone call, you have, we have deep, deep therapy we need to work on. God forbid the guy's battery could die. God forbid you know he loses his phone. Where are you going to be now? You're going to have anxiety attack because he loses his phone. But this is this is the problem. This shows you. These are the triggers showing you you got a problem. You got a problem. God forbid the guy not lose his phone. And I and I learned this one time. And I'll tell you where I learned this lesson one time. Many years ago, I, I was in a very 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 difficult stage in my life, and I went after segulot finding. I had no faith. So I said, you know what, I don't have faith, but you know what? I can get the right rabbi to give me the right Kamiya, and if I get the right Kamiya, my problems are over. So all of a sudden, I go to Israel, to all these caves, and these Mikubalim, and one Mikubal here, and another Mikubal here, and everybody's got something greater than greater. So one guy, I finally met one guy, for $5,000, he guaranteed me that he would give me a Kamiya, that I would be successful in everything. So then I said to myself, what happens if I lose this Kamiya? What am I going to do? how are you gonna FedEx it to me? Where am I gonna go? I started panicking. What am I gonna walk around and look at me up? And my life is over. Then I said, this is where my lack of faith. Back then I had no faith. So what happens when you have no faith? You'll find all these, unfortunately, there's tricky tricksters rabbis that see fear and they gobble you up and they'll sell you anything. They'll sell you anything for whatever you want because you attracted you attracted, your fear attracted these people and this is what they did to you. Because if you would have trust, you would have said, I'm not going to go buy some kamiya from a guy in a cave for $5,000. <laughs> and next thing you know, I lose it. What am I, I'm done? That's it? Or I, I go to the bath. Who knows? I go to the heat game, I lose it, I'm done? My whole life is done because of this guy's kamea. So it goes to show you the, the darkness where we could go and end up. When you start, we don't fix that problem. That problem had nothing to do with kameas. It had to do with, I had no faith. I had no faith, so I attracted the wrong types of rabbis to take advantage of me. And this is a lesson that I had to learn. And what happens? They kept on doing it doing it because I fell into that fear. So we need to understand that. you have We all have a deep-rooted issue that keeps on happening over and over. It's just to get your attention. It's to get your attention. You know, all of a sudden, you get a speeding ticket. Okay, no problem. Another lesson I got. Another speeding ticket. Next thing you know, okay, you're in driving school, uh, spending four hours a night taking driving school. That'll get your attention. Speeding ticket you can buy, but four hours of driving school, that's getting your attention. And this is why it has to happen to us. So this is really how you fix relationships, where you get to the root cause of what's happening in that relationship. Maybe I need too much respect in that relationship, and it keeps on never getting enough. Maybe you're looking for too much. Love yourself more, you won't need it as much. Maybe that's the issue. Or maybe the issue is you have no love for yourself and you just treat people with anger. Every little thing bothers you. That means your perspective is off. People are always bothering me. or People are always making me angry. So what does that teach you? Your perspective is completely off. You every little thing that bothers you. You think you're going to live forever? No, you're not going to live forever. So your perspective is off. So we have to always try to get that lesson that this is why all this pain happens to us. But it's not pain, It's mercy. And when you see that, you'll be able to not only fix it, but transform these relationships. Like we always said before, when you change your relationship with your Creator, your, relationship, your Creator changes all your other relationships. Your other relationships change. When there's a spiritual change above, below there's a spiritual change. But the worst thing in the world is fixing something below, and not fixing it above, where it's broken above. It's broken above, it has to be fixed above. But fixing something below and not dealing with the spiritual cause of it will just lead to repetition and repetition and repetition of the same thing. All right? I think we can take some questions if you guys want. Yes. One question for customer. Okay. <laughs> I already see it. I want to okay. make sure I can word it correctly. Yes. So a person is trying to grow, uh, learn from their mistakes, and become more spiritual, and... You know, just grow. And then they have the other person who you, that that, let's say me, and I want to have mercy for that person, right? right? Because I see that maybe they're being mean or angry and all that, and even though it's hurting (coughs) me, if I have mercy for them, then maybe it'll get better. But... It's so hard because you can be weak and if you have, it's scary because if you give them mercy... so What's the the question? You can get sucked in. Okay, no. Do you know what I'm saying? You can't give mercy if you still feel like you're getting abused. You have to get, if you still think I'm abused and you can't give the person mercy because you don't believe in what you're doing. You can only get to that point when you say, I'm not abused, I'm not a victim. I can see why this person treated me this way. They treated me this way because that person has no emotional intelligence. They have to, I, I tried to have a relationship with somebody I couldn't. I tried to cure him, I couldn't cure him. I'm going to put boundaries and give him mercy as a sick person. Just like you could say, I can't go dance with somebody who has no legs. What are you going to say? You have to recognize he has no legs. You can't dance with him. No. Then that means there's, there's stuff that needs to be surrendered. Yes? So... My advice is coming from David Lieberman, Rabbi Nachman. This is what they would answer you according to their teachings. Yeah, go ahead. So, let's say you keep running into the issue. Like you said, you were working on something for four years. Correct. If a person has time to only do his vodidu daily, is that sufficient to overcome that issue, or there has to be something extra? Absolutely. His vodidu daily, if you have a set time to pray about this issue, what happens when you ch- when you do His Bodhidut constantly? God sees the effort you're putting into this situation. You're recognizing this is a spiritual issue and what He's going to do is He's going to change your consciousness. God changes your brain when you pray, believe it or not. That means after a good prayer you'll be able to look at that same situation with a different perspective. It's exactly what that Even is. It, you. it doesn't matter. It's not, it's not what you say. It's, it's because when you get to a good state in His do, God will give you the words of what to say. It's, it's a concept of Ruach HaKodesh. But because you're recognizing this is a spiritual issue, this is not just... The worst is to spend 99% on a psychologist and not deal with any spiritual issue. That's a dead end. That's a dead end because he's going to tell you this is why you feel because your mother like this, etc. It's going to be over and over. There has to be the psychology to, let the, to identify, They'll help you identify the issue. Now you have to pray to transform yourself in that issue. And say you, ha- you need the therapist to identify the issue, to help you get through it. But then, if you just focus on that without the spirituality of transforming, then that's a problem. You understand? It has to be a combination of both, not just one. Yes? Um, in the beginning, you are saying like you should choose love over respect, but I feel like a lot of what we learn like, about love is respect. So what? how would you it? Right, but sometimes that person, again... You're going, to get, you're going to meet people that are going to make a mistake. Your spouse is going to make a mistake one day. He's going to say something in the wrong time. So you could say he didn't respect me. But he respected you 99% of the time. So you, you could choose at that time he wasn't in a good state. That's why he said something to me. And not take it worse than it is. Instead of saying you never respect me. What happens is when we don't get respected, this triggers nine other times when we didn't get respected. So then we start doing... You testify on January 2nd that you didn't respect me. Oh, no, and January 7th, no. uh, next thing you know, it's one line becomes <laughs> manslaughter, third degree murder, 20 years in jail. So we have to defuse the Yetzhara and recognize, yes, he didn't respect you, he made a mistake. But it doesn't mean he's abusive. He said, won't we'll comment to you. Not abusive, because he said, won't we'll comment to you. You understand? We want to try to defuse it and not take one incident, sh- blow it up, and say, this is who you are. Which happens a lot. When we're upset, we take one thing, we we really enhance it, and then we go for the kill. We can't do that. You have to show mercy, made a mistake, overwhelmed, etc. Yes? What's the best way to show mercy? To show mercy is to show that that, the reason why somebody's hurt is because that person doesn't feel good about himself. My mood is a shadow of my self-esteem. If I'm angry, it's because something's bothering me. I don't know how to deal with it. So what am I going to do? I'm just going to displace my energy to somebody else. So the fact that somebody's yelling at you, and we see this all the time in our detox, people are yelling at each other all the time. Why? Because they've been using drugs and bottling their headaches, and next thing you know, one person makes one mistake, all of a sudden that becomes the trigger for all the things already they're holding inside. So what is it, the cup really did that much to you? It's no, you triggered what I already feel inside. So, what happens is, is people are just triggering you what you already feel inside. How you feel inside is what's triggering you. Because obviously, you could see what happened this year. How uh, one little thing, everybody was all those emotions and then quarantine. Next thing you know, one thing goes and the whole world is a zoo. So, Zach, before holding all the stuff inside, yes? Um, you said uh, you should surrender to a that. Now, when I heard that, I was kind of like, before you said you indulge in it or you can really allow it, like, this is about to not have control of you. So what do you mean to surrender to that Good. You surrender is, you, you, note, you notice that the midah that you have, it could be anger, for example, and you surrender to, recognize anger as an, an aspect of trying to control things, right? We get angry when we can't control things. So you have to ask Hashem to, to give up control, give up your sense of always wanting to control, and surrender to His control. So you basically take whatever Midah is, and dissect it, and get to the root cause of it, for example, it could be uh, controlling others, right? Always wanting to control others, or, or being super-perfectionist, which is, what, what's the root of the problem? is fear. And, and working on false fears, and working on, instead of false fears, going into trust. Dissecting the midah and asking Hashem to help you nullify that midah. You understand? Like bitul, bitul means cancel. To surrender, to cancel out that situation. Cancel yourself out. Because that is usually the shadow. The more I am in, the more shadows I have, the more these midot, the less likely I can have light come into my life. you understand? This is, and we all have them. It's either anger, grief, being stuck in the past, not letting go. You know, some people are very resilient. Some people are not. And they can't let go of the past. No matter what. They just can't let go of the past. So they have to, you have to ask Hashem to accept. Pray for acceptance, which is emuna. Faith so is acceptance. So identify the midah, and then you have to, like Rabbi Rush says, talk to dads <coughs> 20 minutes, 30 minutes on that midah until you get to another midah. Yes. Yes. Me? Yes, go ahead. Sorry. What does chata ha- mean in What is it what? Chata. Chata? Chata. Oh, the A groom. What Bride. Bride. What is each name? Man. So why did you say man and wife? I just wanted to know. Huh. Fantastic lesson, by the wife. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I don't recall saying that. Man, wife. He said man and wife being a lesson instead of instead of a husband. Okay. A little uh, a typo. Okay. Next question. <laughs> Next question. Yes. Where is the? That, where do you draw the boundary between mercy and being a doormat? Like. Right. Very good. Where if you, when you could say no, without a problem. Where you could say no without a problem. Mercy, remember, again, what we're trying to do is we have to recognize not, the main thing is not to be upset, not to give you energy, or not to put yourself in a situation. where saying, I'm always getting abused. That's what we're trying to avoid. Because this mindset keeps you in mochum katnut. What that does, mochum katnut, is once you start feeling like that, there's a very good likely chance that you're not going to get the right job. You're always going to feel that way. And you're going to walk around and you're going to project that image to the world. So what would, the danger is, is mochem katmu. God forbid depression, God forbid sadness, and it could lead you to addictions. It could lead you to a very, very state. That's what we're trying to worry about. Now, I could be broken hearted that I'm in a in a relationship that's that looks like Gaza. I could I could say I Hashem, I'm, I'm broken hearted. I don't know what to do. I'm trying to make her happy. She's not happy. I'm, she's not happy. I'm tr- help me. That's different. That means you're crying out of the out of a strategy, out of a broken heart. Help me. You're asking for help. You're not asking, why me? You don't want to get into the why me concept. You want to get into the what's next. But there's situations where Hashem will take your spouse, he'll make them against you. So he wants you to cry out in heaven and see what you really got. Don't worry, you married? You'll get there. don't worry.
1: I'll
0: give you a good feel to start crying. <laughs> yes. Um, you said that um, um, when someone uh, upsets you or criticizes you, um, you shouldn't take it personally and you should not answer back. and you get nervous and you silent. What um, What if the things they say are not? It's their perception and perspective, mm-hmm. and you want to explain who you are and like, express yourself. Right. Like, Correct. And you don't want to keep quiet. Well, sometimes you can't, you know, listen, I mean, obviously you saw what's happening, you saw what happened this year politically. You know, you people, nobody had a conversation, everybody's yelling at each other, you understand? Because they couldn't understand people's perspective because they were so one-sided. So also, when people are so one-sided one way or another, you can't talk to them. (laughs) There's no room because they already have a set way. You understand? So sometimes the, the best idea is to walk away and say, it's not for me. It's not for me. You can't help somebody who, who doesn't want help. Sometimes. That's where you have to start praying and choose another place. But clearly, politically, people were going crazy at each other. They couldn't discuss a simple conversation with each other. So sometimes you can't, you can't get to that state. Okay, good? Good. Any other questions? Go, go ahead.